0: Beach. Thanks to the Boardwalk Plaza for being the Bridge Podcast Network sponsor. Story jumpers, welcome to another episode of your favorite storytelling podcast. Are you ready to hear a great story? Of course, that's why you're a story jumper. Danny knows the Titanic is doomed. All Danny had wanted to do was go on a few more rides before it was time to leave the circus. Instead, his best friend dragged him to see a bunch of silly hats at Zany Zia's Hat Shop. Now, instead of riding coasters, he's on the adventure of his life aboard the Titanic. He knows an iceberg is going to take the great ship down. What he doesn't know is how he is going to escape before it sinks. Enjoy this reading of A Titanic Adventure by Aaron K. Casey.
1: Zany Zia's Hats to Wear, A Titanic Adventure, written by Aaron K. Casey, illustrated by Callie Hanna. Zany Zia's Hat Shop. Black and silver shadows were all Danny could see when he stepped out of the darkness of the sword swallower's tent. The crowd from the show poured out of the tent and pushed past him in a hurry to get to the next circus act or rickety ride. Danny and his best friend Evan were on their way to the midway to play some games. Evan was sure he could win a prize at the basketball game. Danny had his doubts. This was the circus after all. He was pretty sure that the game was rigged to make it almost impossible to win. Man, that was crazy. Do you think those guys actually put the swords down their throats? Danny grimaced at the thought and continued talking before Evan had a chance to answer. I think it's a trick. It's gotta be a trick, right? I don't know. Evan shook his head and pulled his ball cap down to block the sun. It looked real, and after what happened to me today, I don't know what to think. Yeah, what what happened? Danny asked. I thought for sure you'd gotten lost and we're gonna miss the whole show. It's hard to explain. I ran into this hat shop and mid-slurp, Danny almost choked on a soda. He cut his friend off. A hat shop? Seriously? You almost missed swords and flaming arrows because you were looking at hats? I heard you say something about a hat shop right before the show started, but I sort of stopped listening when the knives came out. Yeah, well, I didn't go in there on purpose. I was hiding from Billy. Oh, but then, well, it's hard to explain. Maybe I should just show you, Evan said. Show me a hat shop? "'No way, man,' Danny shook his head. "'We only have a couple hours left "'before we're supposed to meet your parents at the car. "'We're gonna let you waste your money "'at that basketball game, "'and then I wanna go to the fun house "'and do the rides again before we've gotta leave. "'But I really think...' Just then, someone called Evan's name. Through the noise of the crowd, Danny realized it wasn't just someone, but a girl. "'Come on, Danny, I want you to meet Marianna,' Evan said. "'Before Danny could ask who she was, "'and since when did he know any girls?' Evan darted through a mass of people without looking back. Danny's eyes had finally adjusted to the sun's glare and he hurried to keep up with his friend. Excuse me, Danny said as he maneuvered past a lady pushing a double stroller. Sorry, he said to a kid whose foot he had stepped on. He tried to look between the people in the crowd to catch sight of Evan and the mystery girl. Why is he in such a hurry? Danny wondered. Just then his foot caught on a divot in the path. He stumbled and bumped with a oof into the kid in front of him. I'm so sorry. Danny caught himself and immediately reached out to steady the boy he'd almost knocked over. The boy roughly pushed Danny's hand away. Whatever. The kid growled. Danny took a nervous step backward, realizing he had knocked into Billy, the bully whose favorite pastime was tormenting younger kids at school. Danny and Evan had both been walloped and wedgied by the kid. Not pretty memories. Danny had lost count of how much lunch money he had reluctantly handed over to the Hulk. That's what the kids called Billy when they thought he was out of earshot. He didn't turn green, but nobody liked him when he was angry, which seemed like most of the time. Danny did his best to stay out of Billy's way at school, and now he had almost knocked him down. Dude, I'm sorry. I tripped, Danny said. I said, whatever. Just get out of my way. Billy scowled, not at him, but at someone further up the path. Danny followed Billy's glare and saw that Evan had stopped and was staring straight at Billy. That's weird, Danny thought. In their futile attempts to remain unnoticed by the Hulk, the boys had made it a point to avoid eye contact with him. Even stranger than Evan's stare down was Billy's response. No demand for money, no wedgie, no name calling, just whatever. As quickly as the accident had happened, it was over, and Danny was still standing. Shocked and relieved, he watched the bigger boy skulk away through the crowd. Come on, Danny, Evan called. This time he waited for Danny to catch up. Together they dodged another stroller and waited as a pair of prize-winning dogs, complete with huge blue ribbons, and their owners strutted past. Seconds later, they stood in front of the girl who had called out to Evan. Hey, Marianna, how was the hat shop? Evan asked. Did you try on anything interesting? You could say that, she replied. Mariana, this is Danny. Danny, this is Mariana. She just moved to Mayfield, so be nice, Evan said. Mariana gave a little wave and smiled shyly. I'm always nice, Danny said, pretending to be offended. And what about this interesting hat shop? Danny used his fingers to make air quotes around the word interesting. Evan shrugged. Like I said, it's kind of hard to explain. Yeah, added, you sort of have to see it to believe it. Danny, expecting a better explanation, looked at his friend, Evan. Instead, Evan tried to hide a smile by quickly turning his face. What is going on? Danny wondered. Why is he acting so weird? Since when do he and this new girl have a secret? And what is up with this stupid hat shop? Ever since they'd seen the posters about the circus coming to town, Danny and Evan had been saving their money. Evan got a pretty nice allowance, but Danny's folks said they didn't give handouts because money didn't grow on trees. So he had started mowing lawns to earn money to pay for his ticket and to buy snacks. For weeks, the boys had been making plans about which rides they would ride first and how many times they would ride each one. So far, they had done all the coasters and roaring rides twice. They'd seen the lion tamer and their last stop had been the sword swallower show, which Danny thought was both awesome and gross. No way was he going to gag himself with a blade. Evan had almost missed the opening act, and now all of a sudden he had met a girl. Trying to play it cool and not wanting to be left out of the interesting secret of the hat shop, Danny asked, well, what are we waiting for? He looked from Marianna to Evan. Lead the way, but I have to tell you, I'm drinking the last of my money right here. He took a loud slurp of his orange soda to prove it. That's okay, Evan said, these hats aren't for sale. That's right, Marianna said with a smile. They're for wearing. Um, Yeah, aren't all hats for wearing? Danny asked. This is getting weirder by the second, he thought. You're going to love it, Evan promised. They have every kind of hat you can imagine. Going to a hat shop still didn't sound all that exciting or interesting to Danny. It sounded like a waste of time. But Evan was Danny's best friend. If he thought a hat shop could be cool, there must be something to it. The rattle of the carnival rides and chatter of the crowds faded into the quiet tinkle of wind chimes and bells when they entered the shop. A weathered wooden sign over the door read Zany Zia's hats to wear. I wonder if they know where is misspelled on the sign, Danny whispered to Evan. Evan shrugged, or maybe it was on purpose. Inside, hats covered the walls, shelves, and tables. Some were even stacked on the floor. Aside from the wild-haired woman standing by the counter, Danny didn't see anything particularly interesting. It was just a bunch of hats. Some looked new, but most of them were sort of beat up and used looking. Which one do you like? Mariana asked Danny. Yeah, which one's your favorite? Evan asked. The way Evan and Marianna were watching him made Danny feel like his pet beta fish on display in a glass bowl. In fact, they weren't just watching but staring as they waited for him to choose a hat. This is really getting strange, he thought. Um, I don't know. I guess this captain's hat is pretty cool, Danny said, pointing at the crisp white hat with a black bill and gold braided trim. Try it on, Evan prodded. Yeah, Marianna said excitedly. Let's see how you look in it. Suspicious that he was about to be the punchline of a practical joke, Danny said. If I didn't know any better, I think y'all were about to trick me into something. Like what? Evan said in his best, I'm totally innocent voice. It's just a hat. Here, put it on. Evan grabbed the hat off the hook and shoved it into Danny's hands. Okay, okay, quit acting so weird. Danny tried on the hat. It was cool, but looking into the antique mirror, he saw that it was way too big. He also saw Evan and Mariana standing behind him, staring at his reflection. You guys are creeping me out. Danny flung the hat on a nearby table. Let's get out of here. No, wait, isn't there another hat you want to try on? Evan asked. There were a few others he liked, but the intense looks on Marianna and Evan's faces really bugged him. He hated not being in on whatever secret they were keeping from him. What's the big deal? They're just silly hats, and I'm out of money anyway. Let's get out of here, Danny said. He moved toward the door, but a woman wearing a long, colorful skirt that jingled and bracelets that jingled crossed the room to block his hats. With one black eyebrow arched, she looked at him and said, Silly hats? You think these are silly hats? Well, yeah, no offense, though, Danny said. He inched backward to put a little space between himself and the shop owner. Her wild, dark hair was tamed only slightly by a colorful ribbon, and she smelled like vanilla and campfire smoke. And you think you're too cool for silly hats? She asked. Her bald fists sat firmly on her hips. She didn't look angry, Danny realized, but her sparkling eyes dared him to challenge her. Before he could find the words to reply, the woman picked up a fancy but worn cowboy hat. This hat belonged to Buffalo Bill. Do you know how many thousands of miles it has traveled? No, Danny answered. She gently set the cowboy hat back on the counter and crossed the room to point to a knight's helmet on the shelf behind the counter. "'And this,' she said, "'has seen fierce dragons slain.' "'This one belonged to a Native American princess,' Marianna piped in, "'holding a small beaded leather headband. "'Every hat in this shop has a history. "'If you'll listen, you can hear it. "'If you'll pay attention, you will see things you never before imagined possible. "'But,' she said, picking up a soft gray felt cap, "'if you're too cool to care about their stories,' then you'll miss out on an amazing adventure. Yeah, well, this is summer and history is for school and I don't plan to learn anything for the next month and a half, Danny said, hoping that at least Evan would laugh along with him at the woman's speech. When no one moved or even smiled, he decided not to add that history was a thing of the past. That's your prerogative, of course. She looked at the tweed flat cap in her hands and then reached out and put it on Danny's head. Her tone turned soft and warning when she spoke again, but choosing not to learn is always a mistake. Stepping back, she crossed her jangling arms and stared straight into Danny's confused eyes. Here's your chance. You can learn from the past or you can ignore it. Either way, wear this hat for the rest of the day. Bring it back to me before you leave the circus. Whose hat was that? Evan asked. Danny took it off and looked inside for the label. Evan, it's probably just some cheap souvenir made in China like the rest of the stuff in here. Oh, no, the woman exclaimed. You won't find any worthless trinkets in here. Each of these hats has a story to tell. Look right here. She pointed at the label that was sewn into the flat cap. It read Foxford Woolen Mills. It was made in County Mayo, Ireland. But this hat belonged to a young man from Belfast. It traveled the ocean on the most epic adventure and, of course, found its way to me. She took the hat from Danny's hand and placed it on his head again. You bring it back to me later today, boy, she said, lifting his chin with her finger so that his eyes met hers. After your own adventure. For a moment, Danny couldn't look away from the hat shop owner's gaze. He didn't know what to think, but he could feel Evan and Mariana watching him. He cleared his throat and tried to shake off the nervousness he felt. Listen, uh, thanks for the lesson and the hat, he said. Then looking at his friend, he said, I'm going to go maybe check out the fun house. You can come if you want. Glancing at Mariana, he added, or not. It might be too scary. Relief washed over Danny when Evan smiled. Sure, we'll come. With whatever secret they had been sharing between them, Danny half expected Evan to stay at the hat shop with Mariana. Instead, Evan followed Danny out the door. See you later, Zanizia said as he left the hat shop. Danny was already on the path outside when he heard the woman's reply, which sounded like ciao, dragon slayer. What does that mean? Danny asked when Evan and Marianna caught up with him. I'll tell you later, Evan said, waving goodbye to the colorful woman standing in the doorway of the hat shop. She sure is nice, Marianna said. Yeah, Danny responded. Nice and weird. Into the funhouse. Danny adjusted the flat cap to keep the late afternoon sun out of his eyes. The funhouse was just a couple rows over from Zany Zia's shop. As they walked, Danny could hear Marianna telling Evan something about a mountain lion, but the music and the crowd were so loud he couldn't catch the whole story. They had been on all the rides at the circus and had seen a few shows, but this was Danny and Evan's first visit to the funhouse. Flashing lights outlined the crazy-colored two-story building. A silver slide wrapped from the top corner of one side to the bottom corner of the other. Just as the three of them walked underneath the silver tube to get to the entrance, a couple of people slid through overhead, half laughing and half screaming. Evan looked at Danny with a huge grin. This is going to be good. Danny, Evan, and Marianna climbed the three swaying steps and stepped through the door marked entrance. At first, it was too dark to see. When their eyes adjusted to the dim light, they saw a maze of stairs, rope bridges, and ramps. The place seemed to go on forever. Three arrows pointed to three separate paths. Let's all follow a different path and see who gets to the bottom of the slide first, Evan said. Yeah, and when we come in again, we'll take a different path, Marianna agreed. First one to do all three wins, Danny said. Mark, set, go. They took off in different directions. Danny hung on to the railing as he bounded up the stairs. Each step hung on squeaky chains and swung side to side in opposite directions. At the top of the stairs, he came to a narrow mirror-lined passage. The floor reminded him of small roller coaster hills, up and down, up and down. At the top of each hill, he could easily run his hand along the carpet-covered ceiling. In the dips between the hills, the wavy mirrors made it look as though he had shrunk to about two feet tall. The last hill led to a swinging cage. He got in and saw a rope and a sign that said, pull. He did, and the cage began to rise like an elevator. Danny struggled to keep his balance as he lifted it to the next level. Stepping onto a catwalk, he looked down and he saw Evan climbing over a web of ropes and Mary Anna carefully crossing a swaying bridge. Still watching his friends, Danny took a step and lost his footing. He reached out to grab something to keep him from falling off the narrow metal bridge, but there was no railing. Flailing, Danny tumbled through the darkness. Oof, he landed into a pit of what felt like the soft foam cubes at the place where his older sister did gymnastics. Lying there, Danny heard music and laughter and lots of stomping. It was still pretty dark, but he could see a light and move to crawl toward it. Hey, don't forget your hat, he heard a voice whisper. Danny looked around and saw his hat had fallen off when he landed. He grabbed it and scrambled toward the light. Come on the voice whispered again. You don't want to be getting caught now, do you? Danny didn't recognize the voice and could barely understand the words through the accent. He wondered for a second if someone had overheard his and Evan and Marianna's challenge to get through all three paths. Maybe this guy knows a shortcut to the slide, Danny thought. The closer he got to the light, the warmer the air felt and the music, laughter and stomping grew louder. Here, let me help you. Danny grabbed hold of the hand that reached toward him and he felt himself being pulled up into the light and onto a solid floor. The deafening mix of fiddles, flutes, penny whistles and what looked like a handheld drum created an upbeat tune. Adjusting his hat, Danny looked around and saw that the stomping was coming from people dancing in time with the music. The rest of the funhouse had been well air conditioned but here the heat had everyone sweating as if it were August instead of early June. What in the world is going on? Danny wondered. The mirrors and maze of the fun house were gone, and all around him people were singing, clapping, laughing, and dancing. He'd walked, or rather fallen, into a massive party. How'd you get in there, fella? For the first time, Danny looked at the boy, talking to him. He looked a few years older than Danny and was wearing a flat cap similar to the one Zia had given him. His clothes, a stained, white, long sleeve shirt, rough brown pants held up by suspenders and brown leather shoes didn't look anything like what people had worn in the past 50 years or maybe longer. Here, though, the boy fit right in. No one in the room, not the dancers, the band, or the people sitting at the tables wore regular clothes. Um, I I fell, Danny said, wondering if he'd hit his head on the way down. Well, you gotta be careful. Captain has us racing top speed and it ain't all smooth sailing, the boy shouted over the music in the crowd. At first, Danny thought the boy was asking him about speed and sailing because everything he said seemed to end on a high note like a question. Danny shook his head and wondered if the costumed act was part of a show for the funhouse. He hadn't seen anything on the sign about a music or a party. Maybe this is some sort of a backstage area, he thought. Yeah, all right. Do you know how I can get back to the entrance? I've got to meet my friends, Danny shouted back. I, you're looking a little lost. I don't know about the entrance, but I can take you up top. You can find your way from there, the boy said. Name's Connor, by the way. What's yours? It took a second for Danny to mentally decipher the accent and realize that Connor really was asking a question that time. Danny, my name's Danny. Nice to meet you, Connor. Lead the way. Connor took off through the crowd. Every once in a while, he'd give someone a friendly whack on the back. He stopped a few different tables where people were playing card games or having a bite to eat. At one table, he leaned down to say a few words to one of the players. Whatever the person said in return made Connor laugh. He shook his head and jerked a thumb back at Danny. Because the music and the noise of the crowd prevented Danny from hearing a word Connor had said, he just stood there and smiled awkwardly. He wished the boy would hurry up so he could get back into the race with his friends. After another minute, the boys were on the move again. Danny followed Connor through a mass of men, women, and children who all seemed to be enjoying the party. Finally, Connor pushed through a heavy metal door and into an empty hallway. As it closed behind them, the music seemed to quieten a bit, but a constant roar filled the air. Connor led Danny down the corridor and up several flights of stairs. With every step, the air cooled and the din faded. How do you know where you're going? Danny asked. He'd had no idea the fun house was so big. Ah, my dad helped build this ship. I know every passageway and hiding spot, Connor replied. He pushed through another door and held it open for Danny. Aye, here we are, Connor said with a smile. A blast of cold wind hit Danny as he stepped through the open door. He saw men dressed in suits and ladies wearing long dresses. In the distance, stars sparkled brightly in a pitch-black sky. "'Where are we?' Danny asked. "'You must have hit your head pretty hard, boyo. "'We're on the fastest, biggest ship in the White Star Fleet,' Connor said proudly. When Danny gave him a blink look, Connor continued, "'You're on the Titanic. Don't you remember?'
0: story jumpers have you ever wished that you could jump back in time how would you do it Aaron k casey the author of a titanic adventure found an interesting way with zany zia's hat shop Aaron, it's so good to have you on story jumpers welcome
1: thank you thank you i'm so excited to be here
0: i am so excited to be able to travel back in time with danny and check out the titanic what a incredible piece of history to be able to explore. Before we get into all of that, I've got to know more about Zany Zia. She seems like a wild character. What can you tell me about her?
1: She is so much fun. You know, I I kind of want to be Zany Zia. So Zany means like crazy, fun, you know, just she's exciting. She's very colorful. She wears bracelets that jingle and bells on her skirts. And so she's she's kind of musical when she walks, right? And then... um. Zia is Italian for aunt.
0: Oh, I get it.
1: I like to think of myself as the crazy aunt. <laughs> so maybe one day when I grow up, I get to be the crazy aunt. My nephews may already think I am the crazy <laughs> aunt. So that's fine too. So um, I really like Zany Zia. She, she's just a fun character for me to write and um, in some ways aspire to, although I'm not quite as, I can't go back in time, except for through her stories. It, it, it's hats hats.
0: To wear now, when I hear that, I think, great hats to wear. I can wear a ball cap. I can wear a cowboy cap. I can wear a, a space helmet. But um, these are hats to wear. W h e r e hats to go to places.
1: Right, and on the on the sign it says w h e r e, and each kid that comes into her store actually notices and has this comment of, does she know that they've misspelled wear on the sign. Because, you know, that would be W-E-A-R. Yes. So it's two different ways of spelling the words. And a lot of the things will will be, it's not hats to wear, it's hats to wear. And a lot of the kids are asking, well, of course they're hats to wear. They don't, you can't hear the difference. No,
0: no, it's hard to hear the difference. I'm glad the kids in the stories are spotting the difference and at least questioning Zia on that. Mm -hmm. She's running this hat shop. People have got to be confused when they get in there. But I'm really curious about this mechanism that you decided to use. We we see different time travel tools in different stories. Like I remember um, the famous movie, Back to the Future, there was a car. Uh, H.G. Wells, a famous time travel story. Um, It was like this device that the scientists created. Um, Telephone booths if you're a crazy doctor, right? There's all kinds of fun ways to travel through time. Where did Zia come up with the hats? Like, How did that all come about?
1: Well, you know, if you think about it, there are things that you find that, you know, in museums or maybe that have been passed down through your family and you think, I wonder what it was like for the person that wore this or the person that, you know, held this before me, or even like the house, you know, if it was an old house, what it was, what it was like to live in this house a hundred years ago or that kind of thing. And so um, she has hats of all kinds and from all different um, time periods in her hat shop and she travels around with this traveling circus and goes to different places. And so she happens to be in Mayfield in Texas right now. And Mayfield is a made up place. So we can't actually go there, but she happens to be in Mayfield. And so the kids come into the shop and see all of these different hats from all of these different places. And they might be a cowboy hat, you know, from Buffalo bill or, You know, maybe a turban from the Middle East from who knows centuries ago, or a crown from a king, or you never know what you're gonna find. I mean, you could dig through that hat shop and find all kinds of history. With uh, Danny, they pick up this flat cap which is kind of an everyday cap. People still wear them now. And so it could look almost normal. Actually, my husband has several flat caps. Ah. He likes to wear them around when it's cold. And so, he, you know, it looks almost normal. And he puts it on like almost every day. He puts it on and doesn't really think it's going to be much of an adventure. Doesn't really expect much of an adventure. But little does he know. Yeah,
0: he gets quite an adventure. That's for sure. Well, well hold on. I don't, I don't want to spoil anything. Okay, okay. So, okay, let's imagine for a minute, Erin, that you had a chance to step into Zanesia's Hats to Wear shop, what point in time would you most like to visit?
1: That is such a hard question for me because there are. So I love to travel and I love to go all over the place. So, you know, part of me, I think like an archaeologist from back when people were just discovering some of the bones or like even just like my, like Mayan cultures and that kind of things when Ooh. they were just discovering those things. So not necessarily to live during those times, although that might be interesting too, yeah. but discovering those things. So even that might be, you know, a hundred, 150, 200 years ago, some of them, I like it. I think that that would be interesting because there'd be some things that we'd recognize from today, mm-hmm. but then some things that would be very different. And there would be that element of discovery and a difference of place and location. So,
0: like you might be looking for like a dusty old fedora
1: yeah
0: and maybe you could get a leather jacket and a bullwhip to go (gasps) with it
1: like indiana jones yes that would be be yeah there we go that would be great (laughs) i do love see yes i do love indiana jones
0: (laughs) so what do you think if you did get to go back to that time period when they're discovering some of those lost uh civilizations Mm -hmm. like in the deepest darkest jungles what would be some of the problems you'd have to face in that time period
1: Knowing where to go and and not be you have to map it out. It's not like they have you know GPS on their phone, not like GPS would work. So all no. the things that we think of as modern conveniences that you know we're just so used to, you don't have those kind of things when you go back in time. So that's some of the practical things. And then just the different ways that people might see me, you know, i I wouldn't necessarily fit in in some of those cultures, right? And so, um, being aware of that and how to how to navigate that so that I can not offend people but also figure out where to go and how to get there and hopefully find a friend along the way so yeah. help me get where I need to go yeah
0: absolutely I can imagine it would be tough I don't know if I would rather go back to like the Middle Ages you know like kings and queens and knights that type of thing I think that'd be a lot of fun but I think I would also love to go back to the Old West and even this isn't that long ago but like the Mm fifties, you know, I would love to have one of those really cool cars and like cruise up and down the street and go to a sock hop and a, Uh, I, uh, you know, a a malt shop for a nice ice milkshake. That would be good.
1: That would be fun. You know, the, the knight's helmet, that was the first, the first book we did. And we did it because, or that I wrote, and I did it because my boys who were younger then, and they loved, you know, knights and dragons and that kind of thing. So yeah, knight's helmet, that was the first one.
0: That would be really cool. And I know back then, like you mentioned modern conveniences as far as navigation and finding your way, but back then... I always consider diseases and sickness, things that, that we think are very basic, that we get mm-hmm. um, maybe tetanus shots for if we get cut and get rust in our cut, or um, basic common cold or the flu. They, they didn't know how to right. deal with some of those things the same way we do now. And so you could get sick really easily, and it could be very bad.
1: Right. And it could be something that would be so minor here, yeah, but that would be a, ma- a major deal there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It would be a big deal. A big deal. So that brings me to another another question. When you're thinking about different time periods, writing a book like this or writing a series of books as you do with Z- Zany Zia's um, series, how in the world did you learn so much about the Titanic?
1: So it was really a lot of fun. I a lot of research actually went into the Titanic book because... And there's a lot of research out there. People have studied it for a long time. So, of course, you know, there's movies and that kind of thing. But reading about it and doing research online were some of the first steps. But then there are some museums that are fantastic where you can go and pick up like a ticket. Like you're going to be a passenger on the Titanic. And you go through the museum as if you're a passenger on the Titanic. And it tells you if you're first class, second class, or third class, and it tells you what room you were in. And, and so you go through and you see what your life would have been like, or what your days would have been like on the boat, on the ship. Wow. And then at the end, you see if you were, you know, if you made it to one of the lifeboats or yeah. not. And so it's very interesting, but like, um, some of them have this big ice wall so that you can see how like, kind of the temperature, what it, what it might have felt like.
0: Wow.
1: You know, when they hit the iceberg and what it was what it was like when it was cold. Um it's re- those kind of things were really interesting to me because I actually got to listen to some survivor stories with where they actually recorded their stories and had them where you could hear them tell what that night was like or what it was like when they got on the Carpathia, the 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 ship that came and rescued them. Um, So it was really neat to be able to hear in their own voices that their stories. That's what I do. I love to hear people's stories. Mm -hmm. I love to share people's stories. And so being able to hear their stories was fantastic. Mm -hmm. So that was a a big part of it was going to the museum. Um, We actually lived in Ireland two different times and we went to the um, Titanic museum in Belfast, which is where they built the Titanic. Oh, cool. And so you can see, like, what it was, like, how big it was, and the rooms where they sketched out and like built all the ships and where they launched it from. And it was really cool to see, you know, it's starting place. And so it's.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. I mean, you already had a chance to kind of step into history because you got to visit the place it was created. And then, of course, like you said, you heard the voices of people who survived and they, they share their story. So you got to immerse yourself and step into that history when you're doing your research. What did you find was your favorite thing about the Titanic?
1: Favorite thing. I think one of the interesting things about it was the luxury about it and the size. I mean, just that they wanted it to be the biggest and the best ever. I don't know that that's necessarily my favorite. I just think it's one of the most interesting things about it, that they wanted it to be the biggest and the best. And and I think it was at that mm-hmm. time, it was the biggest and the best at least for a little while.
0: Yeah, for a little while. (laughs) So that brings us to a really interesting kind of a point in the story. We meet Danny and he's with a couple of friends, Evan and Marianne. But at the point where we're hearing the story that that you shared with us, we don't know much about those two friends. Can you tell me who Evan and Marianne are?
1: Sure. So Evan is Danny's best friend. You know, they come to the circus together. They hang out um, all the time. They're just, they're both 12 years old, like to hang out. Um, Mariana has just moved to Mayfield, and Evan just met her, and so he actually, in a previous story, sent her into the hat shop, and she went on her own adventure. And so, at the beginning of a Titanic adventure, he's asking her, "Hey, how was how was the hat shop?" Just trying to like fish for fish for the idea, You're like what how what was your story like? What was your adventure like? What did you experience? Yeah. And so, they're just getting to know Mariana and Danny when he's he sees um, Evan and Marianne talking. He's like, who is this girl? Where did she come from? I don't even know her.
0: (laughs) Right. (laughs) It's neat that there's, there's so many stories already, you know, surrounding Zany Zia's hats to wear. And so, you know, if the story jumpers enjoyed Danny's story, they're probably going to enjoy Evan and Marianne's story as well. So, you know, that's out there for people to explore. I I wish you had not stopped reading. I wanted to hear more, but (laughs) what happens to Danny he, he's there in the funhouse, And then all of a sudden he falls through space and time and he lands on the deck of the Titanic.
1: Yep. He tumbles into the Titanic. He has no idea. Like how did he get here? He doesn't, none of the children actually, when they go on their adventures, none of them know, none of them expect to go on their adventure. Um, it's not like Sandy Z warns them ahead of time and says, Hey, you're fixing to go back in time and space. So um, he doesn't know that he's going to be on the Titanic or even what's going to happen. But when he gets there and he gets up on the deck, he knows this is not a good thing. Yeah, He knows about the story of the Titanic. He knows that this ship is going to sink and he realizes I have to get off of this ship. How, how did I get here and how am I going to get off this ship? So I can't tell you how it ends, though. No, no, no don't, don't, don't. It's so
0: <laughs> suspenseful. And and I really loved, you know, meeting Connor. That was a really cool character. I, I just am so excited to find out what happens next. Because, you know, I mean, it is a story. So I guess Danny could change history. But that's probably not going to be how it works out. Because we do want to stay true to history. And And the suspense is there. Like, Danny, how are you going to get home, man? You're stuck. So, <laughs> well, I hope that the story jumpers that enjoyed this this uh, glimpse into Danny's story will go and pick up the book and enjoy the rest of it. And I just am so glad that you were able to join us, Aaron. Thank you so much for sharing this story with us.
1: Thank you. It's been really fun to be able to chat with you.
0: Well, please keep us alert if you have more books coming out, if Zia gets up to any more crazy hijinks and we'd love to hear those stories as well
1: i'll give you a tip billy is the next character in the next story so if oh. they happen to read the titanic adventure just keep an eye out on billy he'll he's the next character that's going on an adventure
0: Oh, i think he could be sent somewhere to learn a lesson or two mm-hmm. he needs some straightening out
1: he does he-
0: well thank you Aaron. i sure appreciate you, you coming on and talking with us and i look forward to talking to you again real soon
1: thanks so much i appreciate it
0: parents A Titanic Adventure is the third book in the Zany Zia's Hats to Wear adventure series. Middle grade readers, 8 to 12 years old, who love time travel, historical fiction, fast-paced adventure, and a little bit of magic will enjoy a Titanic adventure. And the entire Zany Zia's Hats to Wear series, with a theme of kindness, readers learn that even if a problem is Titanic, there is always something they can do to make a difference in someone's life. Kindness is never wasted. Aaron K. K.C. writes for children and adults, and she loves to help people discover and share their stories. She is the author of Get Personal, The Importance of Sharing Your Faith Story, as well as the middle-grade adventure series, Zany Zia's Hats to Wear. Through both her fiction and nonfiction work, she hopes to inspire people to live their own adventures and see God at work in their lives. Connect with her at AaronKCasey.com.